Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Happy New Year. Let's get buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Raheem Palmer, professional better and NBA futures analyst. Brandon Anderson for this week's happy hour edition of Buckets. Glad that you are with us. As a reminder, everything we talk about in this podcast can be tracked, followed, and kept up to date with on the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks. You can get all sorts of information on where the money's coming in, all sorts of cool stuff. You will find something cool. If you are betting and you are looking through the Action Network app, you will spend so much time on it. I promise. Go download the app right now. You can even track Raheem and Brandon's picks and mine uh, as a gents. Solid month of, of plus ROI for your boy. It's been a good month. The model's paying off for me. I'm in a good spot. Brandon, you've been out of the loop a little bit between NFL and then you had some health issues. Do we need to catch you up on what's been going on in the NBA? We do. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been basically in bed nursing those kidney stones away for the last week or two. So yeah, we're, we're going to do a little previously on the NBA. I need you guys to just catch me up on what I've been missing out here. And I know some of our listeners probably too with the holidays and business of everything. We just want to fly around the NBA and uh, just kind of run through big picture what has been happening out here. So, yeah, I'm just going to kind of go through the standings and just hit you guys with some topics. Let's start in the East. The East is looking strange. The East is looking wide open. We've got a few teams at the top, and then we got just a mess after that. So at the top, like they have been all year, Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving is back. Kyrie made his debut yesterday, Wednesday, as of recording on Thursday. So Raheem. Talk to me about Kyrie. What's this do for Brooklyn big picture for you for the title odds and, and EV? Okay, first things first, Kyrie came back 22 points, four assists, three steals, three rebounds. I think the biggest thing that Kyrie adds is another body. And I think that's more important than anything else. Now, we know Kyrie is a prolific scorer. He can get his shot at any time. But having that extra body is necessary because Kevin Durant was second in minutes played at 37 minutes per game. When you looked at some of the wins and some of the losses, this guy's playing upwards of 40 minutes, 44 minutes, and just regular season games, and you can't burn your superstar wing out in the regular season. So even though Kyrie's just a part-time player, any load you can reduce on Kevin Durant in the regular season is big. Kyrie Irving last year, when you looked at the, at the numbers, they were scoring 121 points per one of possessions with him off the floor, 116 with him off. So I think this is big for Brooklyn, even though he's just a part-time player. Uh, Matt, how does this move the needle for you on Bucks or on, on, on Nets title futures? Zero. It moves it zero. None. Uh, my guy, Reed Wallach, who, who, who does a lot of, he's a big Nets fan, has done work for us in the past, bounces all around, does a lot of work for various betting companies. You know, he said last night, like Kyrie really fills in all the gaps of this team. He just kind of brings everything together. All the things that they need, he does. And I read him back with asterisk offensively. Look, the Nets offense is under. Let me give you the big picture on the Nets this season, Brandon. The Nets have overperformed defensively and underperformed offensively. And we're going to continue to see over the next couple of months, those two trends reverse. They're going to go back to what we expect them to be, which is a shitty defensive team. That's really awesome on offense and their entire hope for the, for the playoffs and winning the title is 
uh, Kyrie and Katie and Harden are all going to put up 35 and they're going to have so many weapons and they're just going to score 120 points a night. They have no front court, none. They have no front court. Kyrie does not help with that. Does Kyrie, I'll say this, Kyrie raises the bar, their floor. They are less likely to get upset in a first round series. I didn't think that they were necessarily susceptible to that anyway, but it like removes it. If they were like a 30% chance to get knocked off in an upset, they're now like a 20% chance or from 20 to 10 because Kyrie could just go off and get you there. But I don't think Kyrie helps in any sort of key matchup. I don't think he helps, helps versus the Sixers. I don't think he helps versus the Bucks. I don't think he helps versus Miami. And I don't think he helps versus any of the Western teams, even with the ability to beat the switch. So for me, the big old fat zero Kyrie's back. Glad everyone can enjoy watching him dribble a lot and shoot crazy layups, but I don't think that he helps them anymore in winning the title. It's oversimplifying, but I think at the very least with Joe Harris out, Kyrie gives them that shooter to just to just another body, another guy out there for now. And I'll say this too, as a prop better, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I, I, this is not necessarily like, all right, Kyrie's back. Now we know what to do. Not, I, I'm staying away a little bit. We, we don't have much data. We barely even got to see this much last year. I got one more thing for you on this. I talked to some bookmakers yesterday. We're putting up a post about this on Action Network. Kyrie's worth about three points to the spread. That's what I got from two bookmakers was that Kyrie's worth about three points to the spread from home versus away. And so you're going to see a swing of about three points from home to away, which is funny because depending on, on where you have home court advantage, like I have home court advantages less than two points this season. I don't know where Raheem, where Raheem has it, but it, it's basically, it makes up a big chunk of that. So it's like the Nets, it's like minus three for Kyrie, but you're home. So you add like whatever. Um, so in my case, it would be like, oh, Kyrie, you know, if you factor, if you were trying to model this in, it'd be like, you take the away line and you go up oh, minus three for Kyrie, but plus 1.8. So it winds up being like, point. this is all like very weird stuff to try and figure out. And bookmakers have did say they're like, it's we're going to have to see how the splits go. Like, how do they perform? But the other thing that they said is you can't overreact because the sample size is going to be small. So you can't necessarily make these big changes based off of how they perform away versus home. It's going to be fascinating, I think, to track and see what the spreads are and how they evolve throughout the season, depending on how the Nets play home versus away. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm excited to see just kind of what this looks like. It, it's new. We haven't seen this before. I mean, was, <laughs> we, we last saw like uh, back during wartime when guys were part-time players before. So this is something different and new. We said we were going to start at the top of the East. I lied. We didn't start at the top of the East. Let's go to the actual top of the East. My Chicago Bulls, 25 and 10. My Bulls are not really my Bulls. Matt, they've been your Bulls this season. Are, are the Bulls legit? Did you see them as the one seed this far into the season? I did not see them being this good. They've exceeded every single expectation. I thought they might be a solid playoff team. I thought they had a small chance to fill in that you know, third or fourth gap in the East. To be this good has been absolutely incredible. Uh, Dan Titus, producer, I'm going to need you to go ahead and pull our preseason podcast <laughs> and all the times that I was like, Brandon, the Bulls are going to be good. And Brandon yeah. shit on that idea. I'm going to need you to go ahead and bring that one back. And so we have some drops of Brandon talking about how much the Bulls are not going to be good and complaining about the trade last year for Vucevic, who after a rough start has been absolutely awesome. Um, I, the meat for me, I'll tell you this, the biggest actionable thing I am looking at, I, I feel like I missed the boat on the division because they're plus 135 still to win the division. That's a, like, you're still getting plus number for a team that has a five game lead in the loss column on Milwaukee. 
and Milwaukee just continues to have injury issues and miss games and all these types of things. And I don't, I, I, there's that part of me that's still worried that Milwaukee's going to go on a, a burst and take it. But I'll tell you, like Chicago has just, they've weathered so much. They were without DeRozan and they stayed above water. They were without Levine and DeRozan. They stayed above water. They lost Patrick Williams. They stayed above water. Like they've just found ways to win. Um, Caruso's been out. Bull's been out. They missed so many guys and they just continue to find ways to win in these situations. I am, I am much less married to the idea of, ooh, 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 we're going to bet the Bulls in the regular season and fade them in the playoffs than I was at the start of the season. I think the Chicago team has the potential to make some noise in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'm not ready to go like there's value on betting them to win the East yet, but I also didn't think there was value on betting them to win the division, and now I feel like the value's gone. Um, Chicago is one of those teams where I'm not sure that skepticism is going to wind up being in any way profitable or that you're going to miss out on EV by doubting this team at this point. They've really been solid, and none of it looks like smoke and mirrors outside uh, of their offense, which continues to perform at a high level despite a low shot profile and a lot of wonky numbers. I think the division, I agree. I don't know. There's a ton of value there. I do have my eye on Billy Donovan, coach of the year. That line has dropped a little bit over the last week with some of these wins, but he's still not, not the favorite. He's not in the second period of book. So I think there could be some value there. If they do win the division, I'm seeing like plus 400, 500. That could be a look. Raheem, I know you got your MVP model. DeMar had those two shots. DeMar is the leading scorer on the East one seed. I know your model likes that sort of thing. Is DeMar DeRozan a serious MVP contender for you? It's very hard for me to get there. Look, when we first ran the MVP model on December 22nd, it actually had him fifth behind Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Nicole Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And at that time, eyes were 6,600. Now it's actually down to plus 4,000. It's like when you look at, DeRozan, he's been playing excellent. The last eight games since he returned from health and safety protocol, he's averaging 28.5 points on 48.2% shooting. He's hit game winners against the Lakers, Pacers, and Wizards. And I think that's where a lot of the MVP hype has come. But what you, when you look at what he's doing in the fourth quarter of these games, he's second in fourth quarter points per game, right behind Giannis Antetokounmpo with, with eight. So he is a legitimate candidate, but I just don't know if he's going to get votes over Steph Curry, over Kevin Durant, over Giannis Antetokounmpo. I actually have him fourth at this point. I actually have him over Jokic just based on record, but it's just tough to see him getting those votes. But I think if you want to take a, a, a flyer, maybe it's worth it to take it at plus 4,000, but I just don't see it happening. Seems to me like a guy that maybe gets onto a ballot, but I don't know that he can really win it. And we've talked about that before. It's, we don't really, really know quite the cash out. Maybe you allow a chance to, to get in and out, but I think that you miss the in and out maybe window on Demar as well. I think to me, the sleeper to pass Steph in the MVP race might be Giannis. Giannis is lurking. The Bucks are lurking. The defending champs. Matt, do you think that Giannis is, is kind of the lurking sleeper in the MVP race? Oh, yeah. Um, for me, I think the best value right now is on KD. Um, I already have a big Giannis position, right? Like we all have big Giannis positions. Yeah. We, got him, we, we talked about like he's, you know, Brandon was like, it's a one man race. Like it's Giannis. And we all agreed that he was the best bet um, in preseason. Like Brandon thought it was a, a one man race. Raheem thought it was like a three man race. And I thought it was like a 25 man race. So 
Um, I will say one thing on DeRozan. I feel like it's a little insulting to Zach Levine to give DeRozan yeah, no. that push. Like that's fair. You know, but PER is a flawed stat, right? But I think we're just talking about like, all right, how much are these guys? Because if we're looking at this, it's the defense is really what's carrying Chicago. With all, with the offense, all right. But I think PER maybe gives you a, a good idea of what's the actual contribution level. You know, DeRozan's at twenty three point four, great. Uh, Levine's at twenty one point nine. Also great win shares for 48 DeRozan's at 1.84. Great. Levine's at 1.153. Great. Um, VORP DeRozan's at 1.3. Levine's at 1.8. He's actually higher in VORP. Like to me, like I think Zach Levine um, is one of the reasons why DeRozan and that will probably become a talking point um, as the, the MVP race evolves mostly because I will make it one because I can't afford for DeRozan to win. It would absolutely fucking bankrupt me. So, um, so that will become part of the conversation for, for Giannis. I, I do still feel like there's this bucks run coming that, you know, they're going to, there's going to be an update in like in late February of like uh, Brooke Lopez has begun practicing with the team again. And they're going to get fully when they've been fully healthy, they've wrecked. Like they wreck teams. They just haven't had anybody healthy. They're also not stressing about it. Unlike like the nuggets who have everybody out and are basically miserable all the time because of how banged up shorthanded they are. The bucks are just like, fine. Yeah, it's tough, but we're going to get there. We're going to get to the playoffs and we're the defending champs. No stress. So I feel like they have a run coming. Like I could see them in March doing something like, Oh, the bucks went on a 10 game winning streak. And just yeah. wrecked everybody. Um, I, the, I, I mean, it's, it's so crazy because right before they lost the, the game against Detroit, and then obviously Giannis sat out last night against the Raptors, they just won six straight. And yeah. they still aren't healthy. So it's like that run is, it, I mean, we're kind of seeing the run already start. It's yeah. just every time something, a run starts, somebody else gets hurt or, or sits out. Um there's a vulnerability here. There's two ways to look at this. Curry's numbers are not what we think they are. Uh, yeah. Curry's below 40% from three. He's his field goal percentage is below 43%, which is wild. Uh, he's at 42%, which is wild. He hasn't been able to hit a shot. His assist numbers aren't up. His impact numbers aren't necessarily on pace with where he's been. The Warriors have won with defense. And that's going to continue to be more and more of a conversation. Now, the counter argument is like, okay, the Warriors won all these games when Steph hasn't played well. So <laughs> if Steph gets it going, what does that look like? And that's, that is like how I continue to be feel okay about, I'm not adding to my Steph MVP position, which is my biggest liability at this point, but that's why I feel okay about it. I don't feel like I need to hedge against it because I feel like, look, if he goes on a tear in and out of all-star in March, whatever, they're going to win a bunch of games, even if the defense slips. So that's good with Giannis. There is, he's got to make up some record space because the Nets have a healthy advantage in, in record and the Warriors do as well. And it, he's got to have like this. He has to become the story for a little bit. The Bucks have simply not been the story. They have a bunch of high print. Like when they are fully healthy and they play good teams, they win, but, and no one's counting them out, but he's not the story of the season so far. So for me, I don't want to add anything on Giannis right now. If I'm adding anybody, I'm adding on KD, and I'm looking for some other options around the league. I yeah. think it's even tough to add on to KD right now because with Kyrie coming back, like Harden's starting to round into form. 
over the last six games, Harden's averaging 29.8 points per game and 12 free throw attempts. So this is not the Harden we saw early on in the year. And then Kyrie is coming back. So there could be some of that, that issue where some of the voters just don't want to give it to KD because he's playing with three stars. I think this year's MVP race is like probably the toughest. It's going to come down to the stretch in ways that we haven't seen in a while. Like, I mean, look, like Steph Curry really has been struggling. I mean, you look at the last two games, he's three of 17 from the field against Miami, one for 10 for three for nine points. And then against, he follows that up against the Mavericks, goes five for 24, one for nine from three for 14 points. So I just think it's, it's truly wide open. And this is probably not going to get settled until after the All-Star. Break. I agree. I will say this, that like, oh, Kyrie's back and James Harden's playing well. Yeah, KD went for 39, 8, and 7 last night on 15 of 24 shooting, and he didn't even shoot well from three. Like, KD is legit. This yeah, season. yeah, KD. He's a KD monster. Has been, he's, he's definitely been, I mean, he leads the league in scoring, yeah. and, and it's just he's shooting 51.8% from the field. Yeah. And on top of it, on top of all this, I, I do think he'll get credit from the voters. The voters will go, yeah, he got – it's weird because going into the season, I argued against KD because I was like, no. He's got all this, this help. They won't reward him. The absence of those guys is exactly what voters will reward. They'll be like, he carried them. When Harden was carrying around two tons of chicken wings under his jersey and Kyrie was doing an Illuminati world tour, like it, it, Katie carried them and that will matter. Um, I will continue to say this. There, it's unavoidable. Look, if the Nuggets get anybody healthy, and they can go on any run. Like, I am telling you that, that Jokic's numbers are so impressive and they have been so beat to shit that if they get to a four seed, a four seed, Nikola Jokic is going to pick up a ton of votes. I don't know if it's going to be enough because like Curry and Durant, I think have so much of the story narrative, but everybody, the all-star returns are very telling. Jokic has never been like popular. Jokic is, I think, third on the all-star returns today. Like everyone knows Nikola Jokic is a problem, the reigning MVP, and he's carried that team so much. I think there's secret value there, but let's get back on track. I'm sorry for derailing. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's very appropriate. That was our Milwaukee Bucks section, and we spent it all talking about Kevin Durant and Jokic and the MVP, yep. which is pretty <laughs> much about, about how the Bucks season has gone, which I think is, is kind of the lurking thing. So to the couple other East teams here down the list, Cleveland Cavaliers, to me, they're another reason why I'm not totally ready to bet on that Bulls division because I think it's not necessarily just a two-team race and the Cavs are at least in the mix there. But right as I was starting to kind of get excited about them, Ricky Rubio, Torin ACL, Rajon Rondo, I know is there now, not exactly Ricky Rubio. As a Wolves fan, I have flashbacks to a Wolves season where they were just turning the corner. Rubio tore his ACL, bottom fell out a little bit. So Raheem, how worried does the Rubio injury land for you? Where are you at on the Cavs? Are they a playoff team? Are they a play-in team? Are they in that division mix? Where are you at on them? I'm going to be honest. I think they're done. And I know the defense is still solid, but look, they lost five of seven. They have a net rating of 1.3 over the last seven games. But I just think without Rubio, without Sexton, you just don't have the playmakers that you need in order to to create the kind of looks that you need to consistently score down the stretch. And I, I know Evan Mobley and Jared, Jared Allen gives you a solid defense, but I think this team's going to fall out of it. And I, I think 
there was like this Dave Chappelle free crack giveaway <laughs> on the Cleveland Cavaliers every night to where you could bet on them and you make money. But that's over. That party is done. So when you say the party is done, when you say you're out on them, how out? Are they falling into the play-in tournament? Are they're, they they're, fall, the they're falling into the play-in tournament. Okay, this, so they're still not, in the play-in. This, this was the top, I'm going to be honest with you, I think this was the top four or five seed before. Okay, how about you, Matt? Where, where are you at on the Cavs? So on Futures Friday over at NBA Bet, uh, NBA.com slash NBA Bet, uh, I had, I, weeks ago, I grabbed the Cavaliers. Boys, they were still plus 500 when I grabbed them. And that was a choice position. Uh, and then, of course, Rubio gets hurt because, of course, look, I'll tell you, I'm not out. Um, I don't think that I, I think I think Raheem's getting a little far out there. Look, um, Rubio's always been this guy where it's like he's really good. And he does these things that no team ever really needs him. Like no team ever really needs Ricky Rubio. The Wolves didn't really need him. Like nobody's ever really needed Ricky Rubio. Um, he's good and he's very helpful. And it sucks that he got hurt. It's a bummer. Being without Sexton does hurt. I will tell you that league executives feel like there's a possibility the Cavs make a trade. And if the Cavs make a trade and they pick up another guard, if you just pick up like a solid NBA playmaker, I'm legit. Here, I'll be straight with you. I think Evan Mobley gets it. Like this kid is incredible. He makes so many so plays. Yeah. And I know they lost the, this, this stretch. They got hit with the COVID. Right. So like some of that's impacted by who they had out. Um, they beat the they beat the Pacers and that Grizzlies game. They were right there with what has been one of the best teams in the West in the Memphis Grizzlies, especially in these games versus over 500 teams. And they but were even right. The there. Grizzlies were missing guys. I mean, I think slow mo was slow mo wasn't playing. Slow mo and Bain and, and yeah. uh, not Bain. Uh, uh, Dylan was was out too. Brooks is yeah. out. Um, so they're like everybody. I mean, everybody's missing guys. But this is my thing is I can't look at. I can't look at like they're they're losing stretches from December 22nd through January 4th. That is literally the worst part of this season in terms of absences. Like uh, these games, we kind of got to be like, chuck them. Right. We'll find out the, the Cavaliers from here on out uh, the next two weeks. They have a road trip through the Western Conference at Blazers, at Warriors, at Kings, at Jazz, at Spurs and then at Thunder. Uh, we will find out if they if they can come out of this road trip and be okay, the Cavaliers are going to be in a good spot. But because they've had a really tough schedule so far. That's not, I think that's important to note here. They've had one of the tougher schedules so far. Their back half of the schedule looks a lot softer. So I th- still, they've got home games versus teams under 500. So I, I still think that the uh, Cavaliers are very much live to get a top six seed and, and uh, make the playoffs outright. Yeah, Evan Mobley now is the odds-on favorite to win rookie of the year. And I think he has to be. I actually saw Mobley play against the Pacers the other night. I, I love Mobley and I loved him. I watched a ton of his footage at USC last year, getting ready for the draft. I was so close to putting Mobley ahead of Kate on my board. And I couldn't quite get there just because the floor wasn't there. The body, I didn't know if his strength would hold up. It's there already. Yeah. Like the whole thing with Mobley was, will he be strong enough? And can he do it without a lot of other stars around him? And he's already doing both of those things. He's so good. I'm just going to be outlandish for a second. I think from what I've seen from Mobley right now as a rookie, combined with what I saw before, I think that if you gave him a Chris Bosh career, to me, that's disappointing. I think he's going to be better than Chris Bosh. I think he's more on an Anthony Davis trending toward Tim Duncan. That's the trajectory I think that he could be on when he's looking like this right now. Look, his nickname is Slim Duncan, and I see it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real guy. 
All right, one more in the East, then we'll go to the West, Boston. They've been my team. They were my team that I put my hope in early in the year. I was in on Boston and Portland. This has not gone well for me. Boston, sink or swim. Do you think the Celtics are still going to hang around and make a run? Matt, I know you kind of are looking at the Celtics a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, so we're recording this on Thursday night uh, or Thursday afternoon. They play the Knicks tonight. I'm on the Celtics. I have officially like, this is the, the last night's terrible loss to the Spurs is the moment where I'm going the other way. Uh, Celtics have a top 10 adjusted net rating for dunks and threes.com. Um, they, if you look at just their season has been defined by Jalen Brown's been out or Jason Tatum has been out. They haven't had those two together. I think there's an understanding that this team is going to make a move. By the way, they're slipped to 12th on adjusted net rating at, at dunks and threes after the last couple of games. Um, I think they make a move. I will say this, especially if they trade Marcus Smart for an actual point guard, and I love Marcus Smart and think he can help a lot of teams, but if they trade Marcus Smart for a point guard, I, I love this team in the second half of the season. Um, the Celtics so far this season have the seventh toughest strength of schedule. If you look at the top teams in uh, adjusted net rating and then look at their schedules, the only teams that have a top 10 adjusted net or strength of schedule with a top 12 adjusted net rating are Dallas somehow uh, Toronto at 10th toughest schedule. And then Boston who is at the seventh toughest. I think there's a lot of reason to think that the Celtics team, they've lost heartbreaker games. They've had horrific collapses that are they're bad and they hurt your overall record, but they don't necessarily sustain throughout the season. I think there's a lot of upside for Boston. Yeah. I'm not ready to give up on them yet. I'll say too, I've been noticing on props lately, a couple of props angles for you. If you want to play Jalen Brown, three point overs, uh, over two and a half is where his line is at. He missed a few games and then 11 games since he's been back, it'll be 12 by the time you listen. His three point volume has gone up from like six and a half attempts a game to almost nine and a half per game. And the lines haven't really adjusted there yet. So I've been playing a lot of Jalen Brown threes overs and some alternate overs hitting four or five, some of those games. The other one is Al Horford assists overs. I've noticed the last five games, his, his assists and his potential assists. That's a good sneaky way to watch assist numbers there, both way up. Horford's a good passer. We know that. And we know the Celtics don't really move the ball that well. They're kind of moving around a little bit, playing through Horford just a little more lately. So those are some nice ways to play Boston. Uh, let, let's go over to the West. I want to just kind of lightning around through the top three teams in the West. We've talked about Warriors, Suns, Jazz a lot. So start with the Warriors. Raheem, we've said a lot about them. Right now, based on public perception of the Warriors, underrated, overrated, or properly rated? I think they're properly rated. I think, I, I think you're, you're looking at a team that's the best defense in the league. They're winning with defense. And obviously you have Steph Curry, which opens things up. Everybody, his mere presence on the floor means that other guys are going three on, on four on three pretty much. And the bench is solid. I just think when the playoffs comes, and obviously Clay Thompson is coming back this, this, this week, so things could change. But I still think when the playoffs come and they're trapping Steph Curry, I'm still worried about Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and some of those other guys, can they, can they actually go ahead and get their own shot? I, that's, that's the only thing I'm worried about this team. But defensively, I, I think they're great. I think they are properly rated. Matt, how about for you? And how does Clay Thompson back Sunday, I think, right? How does that move the needle for you? I'm on the other side of this from Raheem. I actually think that they're probably a little overrated in regular season because nobody realizes how much like they're not this, like they are not splash city. Like they are not just yeah. absolutely tearing it up. Like 
they win solid with defense and they, but they also have so many guys that just make big plays. Um, like last night, they probably won that Mavericks game if Otto Porter plays. Like that game is winnable for them if Otto Porter plays, but he was out. They rested him. Um, Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole. Game by game, you just need one of those guys to step up or play. But they have so many options for guys that can hurt you if you try and if you try and neutralize Steph. If you put two on ball, I'll say this: I'm writing about this on uh, for action. This is the best passing season of Steph's career. He's been a better passer than I've ever seen him this career this season. The numbers don't reflect it, but I'm telling you that his recognition of passes, his opportunity passes, uh, targeting placement, all these things are excellent. Draymond's playing phenomenal. This is the best we've seen Draymond play since 2015, even better in 2016. And they have enough weapons. I think they'll be able to punish any approach that teams take to them in the playoffs. I think they're properly rated as a title contender. They should probably be the title favorite, honestly, maybe a little underrated. Um, but regular season, I think they're a little overrated. That's my take on them. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. One more very important Warriors question for this Buckets podcast. Jordan Poole is back to the bench. It's only game 37. We're still alive. Can Jordan Poole win sixth man of the year? Tyler's got such a big lead. Yeah, Tyler's got it. it, it Tyler's got it, such a big lead. I'm, I'm hopeful, but <laughs> Tyler would have to fall off the map and Poole would have to keep it up. It's a bummer because I feel like Poole's been really good for them, but... Just we just didn't get uh, Jaws eruption takes out the MIP vote and then I, I Tyler just being what he's been uh, and Spoh's ability to keep him coming off the bench uh, has yeah. I, th- I think killed it. I I think our Jordan Poole bets are dead. I think they might be, but he is back on the bench. We we did we at least got there before the halfway point, so they're theoretically still alive, very much still alive. Are the Phoenix Suns who we still don't talk about a whole lot. And by the time you listen to this, with the Warriors arresting guys tonight, possibly losing on a Thursday, the Suns might be the top record in the West. They're tied for the top record right now. None of the three of us have gone all in on the Phoenix Suns yet. It, it's just we, we seem to not quite get there. What are we missing on the Suns, Matt? I took a little taste of a Suns-Bucks rematch finals matchup. I did, I did put, in, put in a little taste of that um, last week. They're really consistent. I don't, I, this one's tough for me to put uh, words on, honestly. I can't really elucidate what it is, which is why Suns fans are like, you're just a hater. Um, you know what it is? I think, I think you thought that they were going to take a step back and they overperform, and they're playing pretty much the same way that they did last year. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what's probably throwing you off because it's just, they're, they're honestly better. They're honestly better than last year. They've gotten better versus teams under 500, which is where they were yep. hurt last year. Yeah, they yeah. are better. <laughs> yeah. so like they're just more solid. JaVale has had a career season for them. I think he's been, this is the best season of JaVale's career. Um, they've been without Aiton. They have missed Booker for some time. Hasn't matter. Chris Paul stays healthy, which that's kind of the, the outliers. Like uh, maybe that was the bad cap on my end is that when I looked at the injury look, I was like, well, Chris Paul's probably going to miss some games and knock on wood. He hasn't. And that's been like, as long as Chris is there, they're killing teams. They're just killing them. And so, and then also, I mean, you look at the fact that Dario Saric is out. So you, yeah. you came from that angle as well. And it, it appears that Jalen Smith is going to be a thing. Like yeah. Jalen Smith has been absolutely incredible. And then they just signed Biombo. So I think they have all the bigs that they need. I just think this team is just a solid team. That's a contender. I think a lot of it is that I feel like there's going to be a spot to hit them as a, as a dog versus the Warriors. And I'm going to like, I'll probably be on that side because I've gotten the Warriors at such big numbers. I, I want to bet Phoenix before the playoffs begin. I want to see them get to that point. 
not because I think they'll fall off. Just I want to see their health and everything else. I, I do think that depending on the playoff lie, like I like them versus every team in the West, except versus the Lakers and the Warriors. Those are the only two teams I think that can beat Phoenix. And that says a lot. Uh, I do think, however, as far as like, if I'm not betting them for title, I do think the East has advantages over them. I like the matchup for Brooklyn and Milwaukee um, and conceivably Philly if they were to get there. Yeah, so it's really interesting. We we all like the way that the East top teams match up against the West. The West top teams, the West has the top three net ratings and the top, top three SRS. And the team that's number one in both of those, we haven't mentioned yet, that's the Utah Jazz. They're they're the lurkers. They're the Milwaukee Bucks of the West, just kind of hanging out there. Uh, Raheem, I feel like your model usually puts a lot of stock into net rating, SRS type stuff. Where does your model see the Jazz right now? Are they are they in that top tier with those two? Are they in the next tier down? Where they yeah, they're, they're definitely in the top tier. But it, it, I think Matt has like totally convinced me that this Jazz team is not in. <laughs> they struggle with the, the switch. We did a couple backcasts where I think they were playing the Spurs, and the whole second half, I, I think he. I think um, our partner on the, on the NBA best stream, he asked, what do the Spurs need to do to get back in this game? And Matt replied, switch. And the whole second half, the Spurs switch, and they struggled to score. So I just think that's an issue that they're going to face going forward. They're going to struggle with the Warriors, as they did last week. They're going to struggle against the Nuggets because as long as the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic and they have one other guy who can step up, they can't handle that matchup. I don't even know if they can handle the Lakers at full strength. So I just think this is a Utah Jazz team. This was great in the regular season, but I just, I don't have faith. in. I got the, uh, here, here's some under the hood stuff for you. Pay real close attention to post-game comments. If you're on Twitter, because every other game, there are comments from various players that reflect two different sides of a coin. Because some players are saying, you know what we need to do? We need to get, like, this is why we needed to change up what we're doing. Like, we need to be, are we going to run back the same thing every single year? Or are we going to try something new? And then other players in different games will say, see, if we, as long as we trust the system and we play with each other, we're fine. There is a tension there. And that has been very apparent to me, even if it's not like this big overblown, like they hate each other. I don't think that's it. I do think that, that, that not everybody is on the same page. And I think that that's causing some tension i think the win versus the nuggets without rudy gobert rudy's amazing he's an incredible player what they were able to do with rudy gay at the small ball five that was very eye-opening to me this this team is is one to watch chemistry wise i think over the back half of the season yeah it's gonna be interesting watching the top of the west there is there is one more you know the sleeping giant in the west the one more team, we, we got to wrap up here, but we have time for one more team to talk about. We can't do a podcast without talking about, no, you know what? Forget the Lakers. We'll talk about them on all the other podcasts. Lakers are out. We're not talking about them. Yeah, so we are going to talk about the fourth team in the West, the clear four seed right now, above the rest, below the top three, the Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant's Memphis Grizzlies, Matt Moore's Memphis Grizzlies. Look at him repping. Jaw is scoring huge points. He has even odds now to win most improved. He's a name we liked before this season. Matt, the floor is yours. The Grizzlies are here. 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. No, I'm sorry. 2011. That's a very, very important difference. 2011. I was about to say they're going to the finals? Yeah. 2011 Oklahoma City Thunder. 
uh, got beat by the Mavericks in, by the way, the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if they're going to make the WCF, but I look at this. Uh, I look at this Grizzlies team and they remind me a lot of it. Look, the biggest thing here, if you want to go the other way on them and you want to not buy in, here's the number. Um, the Grizzlies have been the best team versus teams 500 or better this season in the NBA. They have 16 wins versus teams 500 and above. That is the most in the NBA. The Warriors have 14. The Suns have 13. Uh, the Bulls only have 12. The Nets are only 10 and 10. The Grizzlies are 16 and eight versus teams 500 and above. They have won all these big matchups. If you wonder how are they not the one seed, it's because they're only nine and six versus teams under 500. Um, so that's kind of like the question. Now, if you're looking for like, like they've probably overperformed in some of these games. They are, I will say this, they play extremely well on the big stage. Job jaw has been insane. There's probably some like, I don't know. If you're if, if you're like me and you bet a lot of, of guys for MVP, I, I'm more prone to, to bet for Ja than Demar. Like, there's a there's a little value, I think, on Ja. Because if this team were to keep going and get themselves into like a third seed, it's gonna be tough. Here's one. Yeah. John John Morant's shooting better than Steph Curry from three this season. It's on like half the shots, but still, Jaws is 40% from three this season. He's been ridiculous. He's been amazing. They have so many weapons. Jaron Jackson's made a leap defensively. They figured out a lot when Jaw was out about how to play better defensively. They're figuring out the bench rotations. I love Taylor Jenkins as a coach. I'm going to be looking for opportunities to bet the Grizzlies. I think they're going to be dogs, I think, still in a lot of these series, depending on who gets there. If it's, let's say the Mavericks get the five versus Memphis at the four. I honestly might think the books might wind up going with the Mavericks as a slight favorite in that spot. And if that's the case, I'm going to be all over Memphis as a dog. I'm going to be taking them to win more games than expected when they get into the second round. I, I do believe that this Memphis team is going to make noise in the playoffs, even if I don't think that they can go uh, all the way to the, the finals. Yeah. When you say they're dogs, dogs is the right word there. They're going to just, they're just going to be clawing and ripping at you. Like, this is Memphis to me. This is what I want from a Grizzlies team, just to show up and just fight hard, blue collar, come at you. It's not grit and grind. It's like the modern version of a grit and grind. Memphis has an identity. They're, they're fun to watch. Raheem, you tweeted about that, that this is just a really fun team to watch and bet on and enjoy. Where are you on the Grizzlies? Oh, yeah, I love this Grizzlies team. I, I don't know how I feel about them as like a championship contender, but I just feel like on any given night, they can beat anybody. John Morant is, I mean, we're looking at pretty much another incarnation of a Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, who's under control. I mean, like, there's not many guys in this league who can stay in front of him. And <laughs> you see he hits the game winner against the Suns, which looked impossible. He dominates down the stretch against the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is just a team that I love betting in the regular season. I do think that they're probably, they got a chance to go to second round, maybe third round of the playoffs. but. I don't know how serious I can take them as a contender, but they've been playing good defense. As long as Jaron Jackson can stay out of foul trouble, <laughs> that's one of the most frustrating things about, you know, when I'm watching the Grizzlies. But besides that, I love this team. I love Desmond Bain. And Dylan Brooks hasn't even been playing. So once they get everybody healthy, this, this team is, is it's a great team to watch. This has been good. This has been great. I feel like we've caught up. Brandon, Brandon, do you feel caught up on the NBA? I feel caught up. I feel like uh, NFL is wrapping up and I'm caught up in NBA and I'm ready for a basketball spring. It is that time. It is that time. And if you guys want to follow more, check us out on the Action Network app. 
Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. Uh, reminder, Buckets has our live show on seven o'clock at 7 o'clock on Tuesdays, 7 o'clock Eastern. On Tuesdays, previewing the Wednesday slates. Uh, Raheem was stressing last night about his Nets pick, but that came out okay because of the second <laughs> half collapsed by Indiana. Uh, the Warriors... Oh, but never- before, we, before we go, what did you tell everybody before the Zoom when we record this podcast about the Indiana Pacers? If the Pacers are up at half, we got a live bet it the other way. That, that's a gym that you guys got to take with you for the rest yeah, of the season because the this world. team will collapse. <laughs> they, they, hate, they hate prosperity. That Nobody hates prosperity and their own fans like the Indiana Pacers. Brandon should be a fan of the Pacers at this point, given his proclensity for hating his own team. Uh, all right, make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on the YouTube channel. Um, we're going to be doing more live shows. By the way, we're picking up a Thursday show, uh, which will go on Wednesdays, right? Thursday games on Wednesday nights. We'll be starting next week, so we'll have those. Big picture, back on Monday. Talk about whatever the best game of the week is, which I've not looked at yet, uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, We'll catch you guys then. Thanks for joining us on this edition. Let's get buckets.